the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 113 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your week to spend with us today. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. You can follow myself at Justin Hughes 365 and you can follow Andrew at AMCQ82. If you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook group, Baseball365. Over there, we just crossed over 2,500 members, and we are talking baseball all the time. Right now, there it's very active as spring training injuries are going. Like There's a new one every hour, it seems like, and people are talking about trades, keepers, all this stuff as we're down to the final days before the season starts. The best way you can support the show is to go to iTunes. If you went there and took a few moments, left us a five-star rating, and writing a nice review for us is a good way to help us get our name out. And if you did so, we would be very appreciative. And as always, all of these plugs can be found in the show notes. On tonight's episode, Andrew and I have just finished up the position previews. And on this episode, we're going to give our 10 staple players. These are the guys we are most in on for this year. Guys who we love at their price in drafts. Uh, But before we get into that, before we get Andrew on, I need to uh, add one more piece of housekeeping. On our last episode, I mentioned Roberto Asuna had signed with the Tigers. And well, that might have brought some confusion. I had seen on social media shortly before recording, and I didn't catch the context where I read it, that it was said as a joke. Didn't verify that before mentioning it on the show, so I hope none of you made a draft decision based on what I said last week. But if you did, I apologize. My bad. All right, let's get Andrew on. And Andrew, the opening question for you today, I want to ask you about players who you've drafted that were an absolute bust for you. Someone you invested a high price in the draft, so you kept throwing this player out there for a while, and they just continued to be bad. Anyone come to mind? I would say my like two no- notable ones, um, Matt Harvey when he went south. Oh, um, yeah. They, I luckily had him for the good stretches too, but the bad stretches were really bad. Um, and Carlos Gomez, kind of the same thing. I both of them gave me a couple good years and. Then it uh, went south pretty quick. So I don't have like bad, bad memories of them, but I definitely held on a little too long with those guys. And yeah, it got pretty gross. I never really owned Gomez through the top or bottom. I think I owned him once really early on. I picked him up in a shallow league in a, when he was with the Twins before he really had broken big in the league. Uh, Harvey, I definitely owned in that amazing 2013 season. And then I owned him again in 2016, which that's the year that it fell apart for him. That was my very first draft and hold. He was on that team and yeah, that didn't go well. Um, mine is, uh, Adam Dunn in 2011, the big donkey, as he was known as he was annually good for 40 home runs and around a hundred RBI every season. And I reached for him in 2011 in my home head-to-head league, category league. 
a couple guys told me I surprised them with how early I took them. I think it was the first round of a keeper league. So, anyways, Dunn proceeded to give me a 159 batting average, 11 home runs, 36 runs, and 42 RBI in 496 plate appearances. That's just terrible. His appendix was removed in surgery the first week of the season, and he was back out there five days later and was absolutely terrible the rest of the season. I was so excited about him going to the White Sox. Good lineup, another great hitter's park, and it did not work out. And I have, the, I, I've drafted Adam Dunn twice back in that time. I think 2006 was the other season I owned him. Those were the two years where in my in those home leagues I never like made the playoffs in those head-to-head leagues. So I do not think fondly of Adam Dunn whenever I think of him. <laughs> One fifty-nine, huh? Wow. <laughs> Thirty-six runs. That's hard, that's in- hard to do. That's hard to do. 36 runs and 42 RBI, you'd think, okay, the guy only played maybe 110, 120 games. No, 496 plate appearances. He played a lot. And, yeah, I think I ended up finally cutting him about midway through the season. But, yeah, screw that guy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Before we get into the staples, Andrew, I want to talk about a few news bits from this last week or two since we were on here. Uh, First, I think we have to talk about Bobby Witt. He was the talk of spring training. There were reports this offseason that he could actually debut this year despite not playing above rookie ball in 2019. And then he came out and raked in the spring with a 526 slug, an 851 ops, and three home runs. A week ago, Dayton Moore uh, the GM for the Royals, he didn't shoot down the possibility of him breaking da- breaking camp. He at least like said that that was possible. And now he was sent down to lo- low A this past week, so the idea of him breaking camp, it's gone. But, Andrew, where would you take him in a draft and hold right now if you uh, in remaining draft and holds any of those types of leagues if you're doing like a fast one this week? Where would you take him? Uh, like... Probably in the twenties, like the right at like reserve rounds, basically twenty four, twenty five, somewhere in there. So I think you're a little earlier than I am at this point, and I will admit, uh, we'll talk. You know, you joined my very last draft and hold I did, and you took him at this point. Twenty one, yeah. At this point, he was he in round twenty one, and he hadn't been sent down yet. So that was right. that was a big point there. And I was trying to figure out, and I was thinking I was going to try taking him in like 22 or 23. So you just beat me, and I was mad about it because I'm like, man, I think this guy could be a league winner. But now that he's been sent down and he's in low A, I don't know. I I have a weird feeling with him being in low A to start that I'm like, okay, maybe it's not so early in the season as I was thinking. So I think I'm back back to like late 20s, maybe early 30s for me, but – Man, when he gets up, after, I mean, it's what a what a impressive spring training that guy had. I mean, there was a lot of talk that it, you know, there was talk that the Royals were feeling really good about him when and the adjustments he made in alt alt camp yes last year. None of us saw it, so we really were just going off of reports. And then I mean, to see him out there, and I mean, he was performing. Yeah, I don't. I never really thought he was going to play be up opening day. Like I, even when I took him in round 21, I I thought there was a chance, but I would have bet no 
So I'm not really surprised by this. It's not like I'm not changing my opinion on it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you'd prefer if he was up, up opening day, but like I'm not just going to be like, okay, I'm going to forget about him now. Like I still would in my draft yesterday. It was um, it's actually the only 12 teamer that I'm I'm doing this year, it, and it's Fab. It's not a draft and hold. Um, he went in round 25, and I was pissed because how I wanted him. Yeah. So just as one of my stashes, you know, just on my bench. So um, waited like a round or two too long, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, my opinion hasn't really changed. I think he's going to be. I think he should be up sometime in the earlier part of the year. I don't think it's going to be like the whole year, like kind of like people thought, you know, early on. Um, and I, you never know, but I just feel like with the way that he played, there's going to be some push for that. And he's such an elite prospect that everybody's going to want him. It's like one of those things in a fab league, you're better off taking him and, trying to hold him, I guess. I mean, you can only have so many stashes, but you're saving yourself a ton of fab if you do that. I mean, if this guy's on waivers and he comes up, I mean, he's going for tons and tons and tons of fab, you know? So you're saving yourself a lot just by doing that. And yeah, I think he'll be up at some point and be pretty good. I don't know exactly when, obviously, but I haven't changed my thought too much on it. That was going to be my follow-up is, would you take him in the reserve rounds of a league with ads and drops? Because... You do have to hold on to him, and who knows when he'll be up. So you're saying you would do it, and yeah, yeah, as I would. hold as hold if you could. But I also I also feel like you can't take him and Logan Gilbert mm-hmm. and Mackenzie Gore. You know, you have to kind of pick and choose. I mean, if you have seven bench slots, you know, you you just got to kind of pick and choose there. So, last question on Wit. Where is he now in your prospect rankings compared to guys like um, C.J. Abrams and Marco Luciano? I've been seeing a lot of questions about those three, and I I find it fascinating because I honestly think it's razor thin. Pick your guy. I think it's that close. Yeah, it's it's really close. I haven't um, I haven't looked real close at mine lately. So. But I probably, I, I think you probably have to have him at the top of those three. I don't know. It's close. It's definitely close. He's going to be up the soonest. Yes. And I mean, you're, I mean, which one ends up being the best? I don't know. But he's looked good against, I mean, he's done more against major league pitching, even though it was a not a large sample than the other two have, you know, so. Well, Abrams impressed pretty well, too. Yeah, Abrams looked pretty good, too, yeah. I think Abrams is my guy, but again, I think it's razor thin. Yeah, it's close. I'd have to think about it, but, um, you know, like I said, Witt's going to be up first, so. And if he does anything when he comes up, it's just going to explode, you know. That's like how these guys kind of go, so. Uh, next up is Carlos Carrasco. Uh, two weeks ago, he had some elbow soreness and was slowed down. It may have been three weeks at this point, and he threw a simulated game. And then right afterwards, he tore his hamstring in conditioning workouts. Reports are that he will miss six to eight weeks, which means he's out till late April at best. I went and looked at his ADP for this last month, and his max ADP in NFBC has been as late as 374 now. Uh, how far down would you push him before considering him in drafts at this point? 
Uh, I mean, it, it depends if you have an IL slot, I guess. I mean, if you don't have IL slots, I don't think you can really draft him until, like, maybe the reserve rounds. But just it's going to it would have to be pretty late for me. I'm tr- if you have an if if you can throw him in an IL slot, that's different. He went in my draft yesterday, like it was it was way too early. I thought, yeah, round fourteen. So oh, no. and it was all and it was only a twelve team league. So one fifty six twelve. I'm sorry, I'm doing math here. Like one sixty five. That that's too too early for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, because because in this format too. He's a bench stash, like you can't IL him, and that makes, that makes a difference. I mean, if you can just throw him on an IL, I would take him a little earlier than I would, you know, in a non-IL league, obviously. But uh, and you know, I still think that there's a fair chance when he comes back and he's fine. But um, when you're stashing guys for that, it's just you've got to be pretty certain you're getting that. It's so hard to stash injury guy, injured guys in the. League without IL slots like NFBC. And the other risk with him that you got to take into account is he missed with elbow soreness. So he could, right. he could heal up and be ready to go, and then all of a sudden this elbow stuff comes back to where yeah. you can't even rule that out to where I would express caution in any future drafts for that reason. But, yeah, if I could get him in the 20s, I would definitely do it. But, like, that 374, I would take him at that price for sure. Um, that's still his max ADP. I made these notes a little while ago and I just looked and that's still his max. So he's going before that in every draft, but if I could get him in the early twenties, I definitely would. Um, I'll bring up two different closing situations to, to, to discuss now, uh, two of the few teams during the off season with pretty reliable closing situations have lost their closers this last week, Toronto and Tampa, both losing them to Tommy John surgery. Uh, Andrew, this opens. I don't think did. I don't. Nick Anderson is. I don't think he's Tommy John. I think they said UCL today. Oh, today they did. Okay, I'll, I didn't see anything today. So double. I'll double check. Just on want this. to make sure this isn't a Roberto <laughs> Osuna situation. <laughs> well, now you're going to make. Me... But yesterday they said uh, All Star break. For... Yeah, I think I read today UCL. Let's see. I'm pulling it up. Yeah, partially torn UCL in his right elbow. Yeah, but it does it say it Tommy John? Nope, it just says. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's Tommy John. Well, sure crap. It's not. Okay. Well, anyways, so Anderson's not out for the full season. Then I guess I had that wrong. And then, but so we got him, and then we have the other one is Kirby Yates, who's out for the season. He is definitely out for the season. He had his. Um, Tommy John surgery, I think today or yesterday, as we're recording this on Friday, I remember seeing he's already had the surgery. So this opens up some possible saves for some pretty dynamic arms here. We got Diego Castillo. He's interesting in Tampa, but there are also other options, and it's Tampa who like to spread the saves out even when Anderson was healthy. And then there's Toronto where there's electric Jordan Romano with Rafael Dolis in the wings also. How would you rank the top guys to pick up amongst these teams? And would you be aggressive and fab on any of these remaining in any remaining drafts or, or fab grabbing someone from either of these teams? Yeah. Romano absolutely has to be the top guy out of these two teams. I mean, he's awesome. And if he's 
getting the saves, I mean, he can go right to close to the top of closer rankings potentially. I mean, it, the opportunity was what he was missing, but yeah. if he has that, then I mean, he's a stud potentially. He could be a top so, five guy. Yeah, yeah. So definitely him. Um, are you certain? Prob- before you go on, are you certain he's got the job? Because I'm, I'm not a hundred percent, but it, it's sounding like from everything, from what I had heard. I haven't seen anything today, really. So, okay. but from what I had heard coming into today, I, I think so. Um, but yeah, if it's him, it's just he's. That's really good. Like he's gonna shoot way, way, way up. I got one share of him pretty late, so I'm pretty happy about that. But, um. And I don't know, like Tampa, it's hard to say. I mean, Fairbanks or Castillo would be my guess, but I don't really know. If it's kind of get, it's kind of guessing with them a little bit. If you hate yourself, go pick up some Tampa relievers and hope you get the right one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, if you did not, if you missed out on saves and redraft leagues where you have ads and drops, I would definitely try grabbing one or both of them if you can. I would. I. I probably wouldn't be overly aggressive in Fab because I'm just not confident that Tampa will stick with one guy and you're probably getting more like 20 saves out of somebody instead of, or I, I should say if it was a full season, you're probably hoping to get 10, 15 saves out of somebody as compared to getting, you know, 20 plus. Yeah, Romano's going to go for a lot, I think, in any league it, that he's available. He's just yeah. too good and inside track to the job. I mean, it's could be... Could explode there. Because Yates already had the injury history, the question marks, he's Romano. I was checking my leagues. He's owned in every single league I'm in already, and that's yeah. without any fabs running yet. So he probably has taken. Would you Would you spend a couple bucks on Delise just in case? Possibly, yeah. Like one or, I mean, not much, but yeah, until you know for sure. Yeah. My draft yesterday, Romano went – Ahead of Will Smith from Atlanta, ahead of Kimbrel, Colome Montero, Amir Garrett, ahead of all those guys. So kind of makes sense. I mean, you think that's not too far off of where Devin Williams was going earlier this offseason, except Romano's got a better chance at saves. So I think that's a pretty good. Yeah, spot he went ahead. Of, he went ahead of Devin Williams too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, was, all right. It was one that you just hadn't. I just hadn't seen it yet, you know. But mm-hmm. that's how much they pop up when that happens. As he should. I would take him in that spot. I would. Yeah. Uh, Eloy Jimenez. Here's a depress, real depressing one. He's out for five to six months, messing up his left shoulder, trying to jump and grab a home run ball. And I haven't seen the re- replay, but I saw Razball tweeting that he also had no chance to catch that ball. It was well over the fence. You were watching when that happened, weren't you, Andrew? A uh, guy at work came over to my office and was like, Eloy just hurt his shoulder jumping for a ball. And right then I turned it on and saw him walking off the field. So I didn't see – I saw the replay later, but Did I didn't look- see the, the play live. But, yeah, it was it was just bad. I mean, the ball – he had no chance of getting it. and It just sucks to see it. So. it. It sucks for a lot of fantasy owners. Yeah. Is, is there any takeaways from this in terms of someone else getting a shot or even the White Sox lineup? Uh, I don't think a ton. I mean, I think that, um, I don't think anybody else is going to get a shot that's that interesting. I mean, it maybe it increases the likelihood that Vaughn's up opening day. Um, 
Your old no, boy, not, your old friend Billy Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> old old friend, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, not a ton. Right now, it's showing uh, Larry Garcia and left, and maybe they sign somebody. I mean, still a couple guys floating out there, but yeah, nothing, nothing right now, anyways. I was reading some reports because Andrew Vaughn, I guess he wants to give this left field thing a try. And I think he was quoted today saying something like, if it's hit at, down the line, I can run down that way. And if it's hit the other way, like if it's hit the left center, then Rob, Robert can go get it or something yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Oh, that doesn't sound comforting. But then again, <laughs> Eloy was out there before, so it's not it, and as bad as he could be. I mean, they already had somebody else terrible out there in terms of defensively. But I hope he heals up. Um, the good news is, I think it was actually a pec muscle. I said shoulder. Wasn't it a pec? Yeah. It, well, initially they reported shoulder. But, yeah, that's, I think it was torn pec, yeah. Which is, you know, our friend Brian Crump mentioned that in a chat, that that's actually a relieving thing because left shoulder injuries, that can be something that can mess with you long term. While pecs, they can heal up, and you should be okay once that heals up. Yeah. Uh, we've had a few other injuries that thankfully don't seem as serious. Soto and Tatis Jr. both hurt themselves this week, but neither sounds to be too serious. All I got to finish this up with and ask is, can we just get this spring training done and over with without any more injuries happening? Yeah, no kidding. This is the time of year. It's just brutal because especially when you've been drafting like all off season and then you get this close and you see that stuff happen. It's just Soto and Tatis. If they were, and I know that theirs don't sound too serious, but I don't even care. Like, just take the next week off. <laughs> Who cares? They don't. There's just no reason. If if you're pulling them out of a game, it's something. And if it's something, just sit them down. They don't need to get reps in. Like, they'll be fine. Give them a week off. They're going to play all year. Just there's no reason to throw them back in there, right? I can't stress that enough. Like, I just hope that they don't, honestly. I, maybe they did today. Actually, you know what? I think I think Tatis did get back to a game yesterday or today. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I he guess had a three-run homer yesterday, if I recall. Yeah, but yeah it's just, I don't see the need for it, but whatever. They're both something like 21 or 22. They're still invincible right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and get to our staple players. All right, Andrew, we both came up with 10, and I asked you to rank this 10 to 1, and I did the same in terms of your uh, 10 staple guys here, and neither of us have seen the other one's list. So do you want to take a prediction on if we, how many or if we have any overlap here? How many are you just taking a guess we have? I don't know. I don't know if we're going to have any. There was one guy that I was pretty certain you were going to have, and I thought about, but I left him off because um, I had plenty of guys I could have done. Mm-hmm. I had I had probably twenty or fifteen or twenty. So yeah, I left him off, but I don't know how much overlap we'll have. We'll see. I'm just counting them up. I had twenty eight that I made when I first just scrolled through ADP from each position. I, st- I started with 28 and then got it down to 10 here. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, and- how did you how did you do yours exactly? Did you do just 10 guys you feel like you like or the guys you've drafted the most or how did you do it? Guys I like. I really some of these guys I don't have many shares of at all in redraft leagues, but they're guys I really like and you know, we've done drafts all off season, but you and I both and there are some of these guys that I really did like a month or two ago. I really wasn't in on, but the more I've read and just reading about, you know, situations and maybe health and some other things, there's a couple guys that are on this list that I've gotten in on more in the last three or four weeks before I was um before when where I really wasn't that in on them a couple months ago. Yeah. What about you? I did. Uh, well. I basically charted, so I've done 10, 10 redrafts so far, and eight of them on NFBC. And NFBC charts like your most owned players. Mm-hmm. So I kind of jotted down, you know, I had like my guys that I've got the most of, and then I factored in the couple fan tracks leagues I've drafted. And um, there was a lot of guys that had the same amount of shares, you know, or more. But all of the guys on my list tonight, I have in at least four out okay. of ten. So it's guys that I do own a lot. I Small tiebreakers were like if I own them in a dynasty league or something or um, just the ones that I like at their price, obviously. But there's plenty that I left off this list that I like and just don't have as much of or um, – just didn't include them for whatever reason we'll kind of go through it as we move along and so. I'm, I'm in six leagues and i as i scroll through these 10 i really didn't think about this as we were going but i have at least one share of each of them in the six leagues um so yeah i guess i do have shares of these guys but some of them may surprise you and some of yours may surprise me as we get to through this so if and the other thing we, you and I both agreed on earlier today, if let's say I read off my number 10 and you got him at four, I'm going to just, you'll immediately say, Hey, he's my number four. And I'll cue to you to talk first since you're the one that had him higher. And then I'll follow up if I got anything to add. So, all right, Andrew, who's your number 10? All right. So number 10, um, I actually, this isn't even a specific target of mine, but I feel like I have to include him because I own him on four teams. And he's a first-round pick. And his success this year is going to directly tie to mine. And that's uh, Shane Bieber. Yeah. Um, It's not a guy, you know, it's like one of those things where I've picked between 9, like 9, 10, 11. I just have picked there a lot. And um, he's been there. Obviously, we've talked about taking pitching early and just been the guy that's been there. You know, Cole and DeGrom have gone before and. He's just been the guy. So it's not one of those things where I'm like, oh, I got to have all this Shane Bieber, but it just made sense in the spots that I've taken him. And I just felt like I had to put him on the list because I need him this year, you know? So four shares, like I said, first round guy, it's, it's a little scary. I mean, he is a pitcher, so, but I mean, I, obviously I feel good about him. He's a stud and we'll see what happens, but ADP of 10 since March 1st. It's about where I've taken him. Like I said, I think I've taken him 9, 10, 11, and all the drafts have drafted him. So, All right, you've heard it here, everybody. Andrew cannot get enough of Bieber. Yeah. Um, my pick here is going to be the polar opposite in terms of Shane Bieber. I mean, this is the most boring pick out there, and he was also on my list of late sleepers. 
and that would be Adam Wainwright with an ADP of 370. That's seven picks after Noah Syndergaard. Uh, I get it. Wainwright's boring, but I think he's figured out how to pitch with this diminished velocity over the last few years. And while he won't be winning leagues for anyone, he's just fine as a back-end starter for 15-team fantasy leagues that have to start nine pitchers. I'm all about getting Wainwright either as one of your last starters or your, a couple months ago you could get him in the reserve rounds a couple rounds in. So I love Wainwright. He's having a real good spring again. I just I think he's figured out how to pitch with this new velo- or with less velocity and he's just a pitcher at this point i th- it's kind of like I, I don't remember where i read who made this comp but it, somebody was saying sabathia those last few years it's kind of like that in terms of just kind of yep. figuring out how to pitch yep i like it i've got a few uh i actually drafted him yesterday too so i got a f- i got him on a few teams i'm with you on him all right who's your I nine think, i think he's i think he's going a little too late yep um my number nine is Ryan Yarbrough of the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. ADP of 257 since March 1st. Um, it's just it's just a guy for me, like, you know, I, I've kind of been attacking drafts, you know, take the pitchers high, so I'll get two or three pitches, pitchers real early, and then I've just been banging out bats as much as I can from, like, rounds, say, three or, three or four, whatever, I, not taking my third starter, and then all the way down to p- pretty much, like, round 14 round 15 unless i see a real value slip and um i've taken him as like my fourth or fifth starter on multiple teams Uh, i really like him i just good team helps in ratios okay in k's not great but a lot of times he pitches after the opener which just lines him up for a win a lot i mean i just feel good about him think he's pretty good think he's the, the value's right um, so yeah, just in on him is like my fourth, fifth guy. And, uh, yeah, just like him. Now, you have definitely taken him a lot. I think you've taken him in every league I've been in with you. I think that's two draft holds, and I'm pretty sure you're two for two getting him in those leagues. All right. Uh, now that I have the boring pick out of the way, I'd figure I'd get the last Cardinal pick out of the way here too. By the way, it doesn't mean I think Ryan Yarbrough is better than Shane Bieber because I have a big time. <laughs> yes. It just means that he's more of a of a quote unquote target. You like him. You like him at his price. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, last Cardinal here. I promise no more after this. Alex Reyes at four twenty six. We've been waiting a long time on Reyes. I took him in our first dynasty league startup in twenty sixteen. Since then, Tommy John surgery, he's messed up his lat, broke his finger punching a wall. And finally last year, he stayed healthy and effective. He was put up in a setup he was put in a setup role and excelled. And in the offseason, the Cardinals said he was going to give a chance to compete for a rotation spot. But I don't think Reyes has made an appearance this spring that was more than two innings. And it looks like he's going to be in the bullpen to start the year, which I'm a I'm a frustrated Cardinal fan about this because They've got Kim that's now expected to start the year on the injured list. Mikolas is starting the year on the injured list. I mean, I want to see him get a chance to start and see if he can be that ace that scouts saw and that I saw in a rehab game coming back from Tommy John surgery three years ago. But even if that doesn't happen, Jordan Hicks is coming back from Tommy John himself. I've seen a couple of his outings. He's been all right, but I don't think he's a lock to be ready be an effective closer right away and if he isn't i think reyes could land that job i don't know what to expect with reyes but i want to have a share 
in the early part of the reserve rounds. Yeah, I think I, I think I have him on one team, so I'm always rooting for that guy. I feel like it's be good for baseball if he kind of took off. But yeah, it sounds like bullpen, so we'll see. We'll see. I I just hope that part of me actually hopes that these starters keep struggling and they got to try something. That's yeah. part part of my hope because I just want I want to see him get that shot. All right. Yeah, definitely. Number eight. Number eight. Uh, pretty much a surprise to no one. I actually am surprised I have. I'm still surprised I have him in five leagues. But uh, Andrew McCutcheon at two hundred. Is he on your list? No, he's not. But no? I love McCutcheon. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering. I, I thought maybe that he would be. Um, yeah, just you know, hit and lead off for Philly. It looks like ahead of Real Muto, Harper, Hoskins, Bohm. Uh, I feel like the top of the lineup will be pretty good. I still feel like he's a guy that can contribute in most categories, really. I mean, the main thing for him now is going to be health. Um, And I tend to gravitate towards those guys a lot when I feel like as long as they're healthy, they're going to produce. And I feel that way with McCutcheon. I, I still, I don't feel like there's much of a scenario where he's out there and he's not at least solid. And where you're drafting him, that's really all he has to be in most of the leagues that I have him. He's like my fourth or fifth outfielder and I'm completely comfortable with that. So love McCutcheon, uh, love rooting for him. And I just think it's a good spot. I think this is the third year, third preseason of us recording. And it's the third off season where I love this guy and his price. I don't, I didn't get him into my list. The funny part, was the last two years I absolutely loved him. He would have been on my staple list if we were making staple lists either of the previous two seasons. And I never got a share either off season. But this year I at least got one. So now now hopefully now I'll be cheering for him and have a share at least. All right. My number eight is definitely not somebody that was on my radar at all two or three months ago. Uh Aaron Hicks. Hicks had Tommy John surgery two years ago, and he was good, but not great in his return last year. Hit 225 with six home runs and four steals. The on base was still there at 379, and his WRC plus was still a decent 123. Now he's saying he feels more like himself after another year removed from Tommy John surgery, and the Yankees sound like they want to start him at in the three hole to start this year because they have so many right handed hitters in that lineup. It's just a nice break in between them there it's a dangerous game to invest in players based on where they are at the in the lineup but man hitting third in that stacked lineup is so good uh too good for me to not take notice um if he can hang in the middle or top of that lineup i think a career year could be coming he likely won't be great in the batting average department but i think he could be pretty good with the on he could be really good with the on-base percentage, and I think he can provide 25, 30 home runs, around 10 steals with gobs of runs in RBI if he can stay healthy. That's a big if. He's had a lot of injuries. But like I've said with Judge and Stanton, even if you can get three-quarters of a season out of Hicks, combine that with what you get out of your replacement guy, that's a really solid season for a guy with an ADP at 236 this month, and that's gone up. He's cost he costs a little more now than he did a month ago, but I'm still in on that price. Nice. Yeah, I like Hicks too. So Okay. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for you to rattle one off that I don't like and I'll tell you, but <laughs> I like I, I liked your first three, so um my number seven is Charlie Blackman. Uh, ADP Overliable. of 
ADP of 89 since March 1st. And, uh, yeah, really what it comes – I mean, what it comes down to here is I just – it's Coors Field. He does it every year. Is he aging? Yes. Um, but you look at his seasons, I mean, season by season by season, it's just tons of bad – you know, really good batting averages, runs scored like crazy. I mean, he's – gosh, it's just unbelievable His when you look at it, you know. And I feel like in that lineup – Obviously, they lost Arenado, but Coors isn't going away, and I don't think he's he's tradable with the contract. And um, yeah, just I just like him. I've been every every draft when he gets into like round six, round seven, I'm like, okay, it's just time to take Blackman and just kind of pencil the numbers in. I feel like you can pretty much pencil it in, and I feel like what he does is a little bit scarce. You know, like there's a lot of guys that are power speed with a bad batting average or power with you know, no steals or whatever, but he just gives you the um, high batting average floor and ceiling, really, and um, just enough power and then the counting stats to go with it. He's not going to run much now. I mean, it's kind of not not really a part of his game anymore, but um, I just feel good about him at his price, and I feel like he's going to be a top 100 player, and when you're taking him here, it's kind of it's kind of one of those things that, the way that this pick doesn't work out is if he's just hurt all year. I don't really see many other ways that it doesn't. So It's been 10 years since he hit below 283. His rookie season and yeah. basically 27 games played, he hit 255. He's hit 283 or better every season since and at least 290 since 2016. Yeah, he's the definition of reliability. It's fun to go back and look at some of those stats he provided in the in that peak season, those peak seasons when he still had his speed. But yeah, I got my first share of Blackman. I've never owned him until this offseason, and I finally grabbed my first share in one of my leagues. So it'll be fun to get a when, cheer for him for when, the first time. When he's hot too, when he's hot, man, it's just it's just bonkers. Like what he does, it really is. Last year, that first part yeah. of the season, I remember just being like. I mean, it was like he was the best hitter in baseball there for a minute, you know. And I know a lot of that's coordinated, but I'm just saying it's, yeah. I just I like I like the price, even even though it's a top hundred pick. I just I like it. He was hitting 450 for a pretty good chunk into that season, and there were yeah. people wondering what happens if he hits 400. Do we count it and all that stuff? And right. He really yeah. did cool off in the second half, but I mean, yeah, like you said, his hot streaks are fun. Uh, my number seven is Nick Solak at 177. This year, we know he's the starter. He makes good contact. He can draw walks. He's in the 91st percentile in sprint speed and showed it off last year with seven steals and 58 games played. And I think he's somewhere in between the 32 home runs he hit between three levels in 2019 and the two home runs in 58 games in 2020. I think Solak's a 15-15 type guy who's capable of going 20-20. And I've said this before, but I feel like he's not that different than Alex Verdugo. Maybe not quite the batting average, but everything else I feel is pretty close, and he's going 50 picks later. And he's multi-position eligible with second base and outfield. So, yeah, Solak on my list again. Yeah, I wonder... I wish, like, if you could just tell me how many home runs he's going to hit. Yeah. I, that's where I, that's like my question with him. But nice, versatile piece. I mean, he's he should play and um, wish he was a little better defensively. But yeah, I think he's pretty solid. How so. many homers would you project for him? Maybe we can get a bet out of this. 
Um, I don't know, like maybe 15. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. I, I think he'll hit more than that. I'll, uh, what if I said over 17? Nah, I don't Ah. feel strong about it. Okay. I'm not really trying to root against him either. I mean, I just, I don't know. Steamer. I feel like he could hit. I feel like he could be a little bit of a drag in homers. It's possible. Like, like hit, I could see him hitting 10, you know, and I'm not saying he will. I just, I feel like that could be a tough category for him. You can't rule it out. I mean, he only hit two last year in 58 games, but, and yeah. this new Texas Rangers ballpark is not the old ballpark in Arlington. Man, what a flip from that, huh? Yeah. That park, it's just totally different. And that may be something I should be giving more account to here, but I'm still believing that he's got more pop than that. Yeah. All right, who's your number six? Number six, uh, ADP of 54 in the last month, and that is my boy Lance Lynn. Good With pick. the White Sox. Uh, yeah, just every time it gets to late round three, early round four, He's a guy I'm targeting pretty much if I've got one pitcher already or two pitchers already. It just doesn't really matter. Um, and I, it just it's one of those things with him. I just feel like he's different. Like I know that he's going to pitch and he's going to pitch a lot. And the way that the league is right now, especially, you know, there's there's so many guys with injury or, you know, innings questions and how many innings is this guy going to go and volume and all this stuff. And it's like, this dude is just the definition of that. And it's such an extreme end of the spectrum that there's not too many that can match that part. Now, does he have the best stuff in the league? No, but he's still a pretty good pitcher. And obviously he's on a really good team now. I mean, I feel like with how deep he goes into games combined with the White Sox bullpen, combined with the White Sox offense, he could lead the league in wins. Wouldn't even surprise me at all. And predicting wins, obviously tough, but um, everything else has been there. I just I just like him, and he's a guy that I'm going to need this year. I mean, I've got him on multiple teams. I've got him in one dynasty league. So, um, yeah, I feel good about it. I love Lynn. Not surprised. That would have been one of the automatics, I would have guessed, for your list. And I like Lynn a lot, too. I've... I'm mad. I don't know if I've gotten a share. I think I maybe got one share, but I've missed out on him a lot this year, and I've been mad every single time he's been taken because he just hasn't gotten to me in the late third. You know, he's got that ADP of 54, and maybe I picked a a, a bat in the late third and hoped he got to me in the fourth, and it's just not happened. I've not been able to get shares of him. I don't know. I'd have to look to see if I have one. I don't, I'm not sure I do, but... Yeah, good pick. My number six is maybe probably if there's one guy I would think is most likely to be on both of our lists, this is the guy, and that would be Aroldis Chapman. Is he on your list? No, he's not. All right. Well, And I love him, but you can talk about it. He's the safest closer in the game. We've talked about him a lot, so we'll go quick here. Third closer off the board in most drafts, and I have him as the co-top guy with Liam Hendricks. Strikes out around 100 each full season he plays, gets a ton of saves, might not be at the same level he was five to seven years ago, but he's not far from that, and the Yankees won't move off him unless he's absolutely terrible, 
for a pretty long stretch of time, which I just don't see happening. So as long as he's healthy, I think he's one of the safest closers in the game. Probably the safest guy. Aroldis Chapman at 70 overall. Yep, I love it. I mean, (laughs) with him, it's just, I think the reason I didn't have him on here is just because I haven't gotten him as much as the other guys on my list. I mean, I feel like I'm just, for whatever reason, it just hasn't happened. But um, I do have him on a couple teams and I think a couple, two dynasty leagues. So yeah, I'll. He's definitely a uh, part of what I'll be rooting for this year. And I still got a couple drafts left. So, and I, like I said, I target him every, every draft, like right in that round five territory, but he just doesn't always get to me. And I don't really want to take him in round four and no. he's gone by round, he's gone by round six. So it's like one of those things it's, he's typically going to be my round five pick. If he's there when I pick, it's just, he isn't always. So I'm pulling it right now on Lance Lynn, going back to that, wondering if I have a single share. No, I don't. That's disappointing. All right, who's your number five? Number five is um, another pitcher I'm going to really need this year, and that is Luis Castillo mm. of the Reds, uh, 29 ADP since March 1st. Another thing that I I did with my list, or at least some of them, because some of the guys are high, and I've still got a few left that are going lower, but um, one thing I kind of thought about and used as a tiebreaker too It's like when I'm thinking of staples, it's also like guys that I really do need. You know, like if you're taking a guy consistently in round 25, how important really is it? Like if they miss, it's not going to kill you, you know? Yeah. But like if Luis Castillo and Lance Lynn go down, it's going to kill me. So like that's uh, that was kind of part of what I was thinking, putting these guys in here. But yeah, Castillo, I mean. I don't really have a whole lot to say. He's a stud pitcher, tons of Ks, and I feel like his upside is Cy Young. I mean, I feel like he can do it. Uh, might even be my pick. Stay tuned for that. We'll see in a couple days here when we do do our predictions. But, yeah, I'm just a big fan. Love watching him pitch. Nasty changeup. That's about it. I've had a couple drafts where I've had the middle of – been in the middle of the draft, and he's been the guy I've hoped, hopes, I've hoped got back to me in the second round. I just I love that value of him as the mid second round pitcher. If you and going with the pocket aces strategy is um, yeah. Toby has talked about this. It's Toby that was really the came up with the pocket aces saying right. Yeah, <clears throat> that's what I thought. Yeah, he's like Castillo's in that second round. Those you know the names start going the pitchers and it's like he's the last one for me where I'm like if I don't get him. I'm probably going bat. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, just typically goes behind Nola, Bauer, Bueller, Giolito, but I'm taking him like right in there, just right after them. So my draft yesterday, my 12 teamer, I got, I was sweating it the whole way too, but I was picking six. So I was right in the middle and I got Giolito in round two, which I loved because I've just been missing him. I haven't been picking like late enough in the 15 teamers. Mm -hmm. And then Castillo came around. Uh, The guy right in front of me took Kershaw and I, I definitely would rather, would rather have Castillo than Kershaw. But, and then in round four, I, I wanted wit and I got sniped and I just was like, okay, I'm just going to take Lynn. then. so I got Giolito Castillo and Lynn (laughs) took me a a second. It's, it's a 12 teamer, but, um, so, you know, it's a little different. It's like the mind is 
kind of train for those 15 teamers, but I uh, definitely love that trio. You said Witt, and it made me think of Bobby Witt, and then I realized you meant Whit Merrifield. No, Whit, then Whit I realized yeah. the Royals are going to have Witt and Witt on their team. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't and thought not, about that until and now. I definitely wasn't. I definitely wasn't targeting Bobby Witt in round four. <laughs> <laughs> I like him, but not that much. <laughs> My number five is going to be the one we're going to disagree on the most, and that is Steven Strasburg at sixty-eight. I know you've loved Strasburg for years, and. It's more the injury stuff with him. Um, Carpal Tunnel derailed his season last year after throwing 240 or so innings in the postseason between the regular season and postseason in 2019. But that sure sounds to be behind him, and I'm buying a rebound here. I've people, I've heard people who seem to know a lot more about the, what he dealt with, saying that that shouldn't be an issue going forward. Strasburg has struggled to stay healthy throughout his career. He's always been great when he's been out there. He's even had a calf injury this spring, which I don't want to take lightly because the quote, he told reporters that he previously ruptured a tendon in his left calf and was told by doctors that he doesn't need it, or at least it did not need to get repaired. (laughs) That's kind of a, like a, eye popper when you read that but okay if the doctors are saying that i'm i'm gonna let that go i as draft seasons come around i've been more and more aggressive with taking strasburg in the fourth round of these drafts i'll take him ahead of snell glass now maida and burns who are all going ahead of him adp wise so andrew i got strasburg on my list i know he's somebody you i don't think you have a share of in a redraft league right no i don't um I'm not going to hate on it. I love Strasburg. Uh, this year, I'm just nervous about it. And it's nothing to do with his performance. Yeah. Um, and typically, I gravitate towards the guys that are more injury risk than performance risk. But I don't know. There's something with Strasburg right now where it's I've, I've owned him so many years. And some of those years have paid off. Some haven't. But it's like just one of those things where I, I kind of just don't – I feel like it should be a little bit more of a discount, and I'm just um, – it's kind of one where I'm like, ah, maybe I just shouldn't do it right now. Like it's adding up, you know, the injuries just – it just seems like it's been a lot. And, uh, yeah, I'm just not really in this year, but I'll always be rooting for him. I mean, that's that's been my guy forever. I've been on and off of him a lot over the years. And it's mostly been price. If I see him in the second round, I've always been off just because of the fact that I do think he's more injury prone than others. But I like him a lot when he's usually like the third to fifth round guy. And that's, again, where he's at. So I think that's that's it for me. It's cost. I think he can be yeah. Luis Castillo type value. He can be an ace. But he's got to be healthy. And that's yeah. a risk. All right. Who you got number four? Number four, ADP of 189, and a lot of the reason I wait on corner infield, and that is Josh Donaldson of the Minnesota Twins. Mm. Um, you know, with Donaldson, it's it's stay on the field, but I tell you, like I still think this guy's a really good hitter. I think he's going to provide power, um, potentially average. It hasn't been great the last couple of years, but... I think it can be there. Um, his OBPs are awesome. His walk rates are elite. And I think he's going to hit near the top of, or, you know, right in the middle of 
the uh, the Twins lineup, which is pretty good. So right now they show him at second. I'm not sure where he's where he's been hitting the spring training. I know he's been kind of playing sparingly a little bit, and that could happen some during the season. But I just feel like uh, he's one of those guys that can do everything other than steal bases, obviously. But the corner bats that you're drafting typically aren't doing that anyways. And I feel like when you just stack up, like, can this guy hit? Can this guy hit for power? I think he can do both. I I think he's going to get on base a lot to keep the counting stats flowing. And, uh, yeah, just I kind of look at it in this spot again, and it's like he's going to probably have to get hurt to not return this value. I just I like it a lot. I like it too. I actually went to go look. I thought I had shares. I don't have any redraft shares. I do. I did acquire them in a dynasty league, so I do have a share this year. And I agree with everything you said. The one thing I will say is I don't like you. I don't know if he's going to be a great batting average guy either. I mean, last three years he's failed to hit two seventy. It wouldn't shock me if he went out there and hit two seventy again one season, but I would be more projecting in the two forty, two fifty range than two seventy. But yeah, if he could stay healthy and you told me he was going to play 150 games, I'm going to project 30 home runs and be right there at 100 runs and RBI with a really good on base. Love Donaldson. Yeah, yeah. My number four, Andrew, you know he has to be on my list here, and that would be Eric Cosmer. Probably surprised he's oh, not. Number four. I know. I'm. Sh- if we talked about this a couple months ago, he would have been number one, but a couple people <laughs> I, I just have been more aggressive with with drafts lately, so I – Moved him down from where you thought he'd be. <laughs> and I've talked about him all offseason. It was a shortened season, but everything with Hosmer looked different last year. Launch angle hasn't been at four since 2016. It was 8.7 last year, and that dipped after a broken finger in September. I remember seeing double digits at one point. Everything pointed up. He's hitting in the middle of a stacked lineup. I think it's a career year coming for him at 152. Give me the shares in the 10th, 11th round. I'm surprised I didn't get him more late in dra- late this draft season. but I was going to say, I feel like I was in a draft with you where I was like, why isn't Justin taking Hosmer yet? <laughs> I forget, though. Maybe that's wrong. No, I didn't get him in that draft. And I uh, there have been a couple other targets around that 10th, 11th round that have popped up for me that I've just really liked also. So I think in the yeah. draft with you, I was in real need of speed. So I was trying to get some speed there. All right, number three, who do you got? Number three, we're getting down to the end here. Um, so at three, I have a guy that I'm like part, – part of my rankings here was how irritated I am when they get drafted and I don't get them. <laughs> and this guy, every time I'm pissed, and it's uh, Yasmani Grandal, hmm. um, 129 ADP. I know we kind of talked about it before, but I just I like him a lot. I just think that um, I think he's likely to hit in the top part of the White Sox lineup, which I expect to be really good. I think it helps the counting stats flow. One of the better catchers in the game, hitting catchers especially. Um, I think he's going to hit for power, and yeah, I just I like him a lot. I just think it's a good spot that that kind of part of the draft. I mean, typically I look at him in round nine. There's really nobody else that I, you know, some some of the guys that I target, they're going before that or going after that. So it's just the perfect spot to grab my catcher, get some edge there, especially like two catcher leagues, but mostly is what I'm talking about. But um, 
yeah, I just really like him. I target him in every draft. And if I don't get him in that spot, I'm usually like, ugh. And then I kind of have to reevaluate from there. So definitely love Grandall. If he hits second, is he the slowest running second hitter in the two hole in baseball history? (laughs) (laughs) Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, I I get it though. They need guys to get on base and he's one of the best at getting on base and like, he's one of the better guys in baseball. So I get, I get them doing it. It still makes me laugh because you know, MLB, the show they'll give people speed ratings on, um, and I think they do it off of a lot of their percentile and where they run. And when I ever I play MLB the show game and I hit as their yes money Grandal, I know that that guy he's got a speed of six, <laughs> <laughs> so he's almost impossible to play because if you hit it on the ground, you know you've got a double play happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're definitely not drafting him for stolen bases. <laughs> no, you're not. Well, my number three guy used to be drafted a lot more for stolen bases, and he'll still get you some. Uh, Jose Altuve at eighty two overall. That's I, that's the guy yep. that I almost put on mine. Yep, I, I didn't. I thought because I knew I knew he'd be on yours. So when you said that earlier, I thought, well, he's talking about Altuve or Chapman. Um, last year was rough. I get it. Two nineteen average, five home runs, two steals in thirty games. Altuve is thirty years old, and it does seem like second basemen seem to hit a cliff at an earlier age than other positions. But typically when I think about that cliff with guys like remembering Chase Utley, I think of that more being in the 32, 34 years old range, not 30. I've talked about it this offseason. I believe the lack of the the in-game video affected a lot of the Astros hitters. You can get Altuve in the sixth round in a lot of drafts, fifth round if if you want to be aggressive. He's my favorite target in that round. Steamer projects a 277 average with 23 home runs and 11 steals. I'd probably take the under on steals slightly, but I'd over that home run total if he can stay healthy. And when you look at those projections and you see what Ozzie Albies is projected, who's a second, the top second baseman in fantasy drafts, it's not that far off. And I get Altuve's coming off the down season, and he's on now 30 years old. So I get Altuve, Al, Albies being higher, but I would much rather take out. I, I just love Altuve 34 rounds later. Yep, love Altuve. I'm totally with you. I, you know, some of it, and this it's going to sound silly because of where Altuve goes, maybe, but there's so many guys like spread through the draft, and even even in the range that Altuve goes, that I feel like can lose playing time. Like if you yeah. if you picture a situation where this guy is going south a little bit, or this guy's slumping hard, or whatever, I feel like that there are guys and this is why you know in like six seven range Altuve and Blackman have been kind of the guys have been drafting and a lot of it is because I just feel like they're rock solid I know what I'm getting and I'm not um I don't feel like I'm at any risk of losing playing time Mm -hmm. and I feel like there's guys that are going in those ranges where I'm like I could see it you know I'm not saying I'm predicting it because they're going in the top 100 to you know 100 to 120 you're you're generally not expecting that, but uh, there's definitely some guys that are going in there that I think it could happen with, and I don't think it can happen with him. So you know, my next uh, guy has an ADP that's around the same spot, and I'm not—I'll—I'll I'll get to him in a second. But this is a guy who I could close my eyes and see in that happening, and we'll talk about him when I get to him. 
but yeah, I get what you're saying. There's a, I have yeah. a guy on this list that I love, but he also, I could close my eyes and see it going south and him losing playing time. Ooh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out who it is now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do yours and then we'll circle to him. All right. Number two is actually the guy that I own in the most NFBC leagues at this moment. And it's the latest drafted guy on my list. And that is Adam Eaton at 3.30 since March 1st. Um, again, this, this, this is just another one of those where I feel like he basically, you know, he's going to sprinkle in like kind of the scarce stuff that I was talking about with Blackman a little bit. And obviously not to that level, but. Um, I think he's going to be a plus in batting average. I think he's going to be a plus in, or likely to be a plus in run scored. Some of that's going to depend on where he hits in the lineup. I do think he's a little bit more likely to hit at the top of the lineup than he was when he with Eloy gone now. You know, mm-hmm. obviously that's just another guy that's that's gone. So, um, but yeah, good OBP guy. Generally speaking, I mean, he can get on base, take a walk, and sprinkles in just enough across the board. I mean, he's not going to get hit a ton of home runs or have a lot of RBI. I mean, RBI will be his weakest category most likely. But um, at 330, and I'm taking him a little bit higher than that, but I just don't – I don't feel like you can screw that up. Like, I just don't – it's one of those where I basically have been drafting him as, like, my fifth outfielder or my sixth. And um, even if it doesn't go well – what what do I care at that point, you know? So, and I feel like it, it could go really well there. I, I think he could, I actually think he could wind up producing like a OF2 or OF3 even. But um, it, the, there's a lot less pressure to do that when you're being drafted as an OF5 or 6. So I'll take him there every single time. And basically what I've been doing, you know, I get to that kind of range and like just around round 20 to 23. And I'm like, okay, time to pop Eaton. I do it every time. He's one of those guys that runs is the category that people ignore in fantasy baseball, and he's one of the better ones at it in terms of just always getting a lot of runs. He gets on base and scores runs, and I like Eaton. I've loved him for years. I got two more redraft shares this offseason, so good pick. All right, my number two that I was just previously talking about is Trent Grisham with the Padres with the 75 overall. That's a guy who could, if if things went south, yeah, I could close my eyes and see him lose some playing time. Uh, but he had a breakout season in the minors in 2019, finished the year with Milwaukee, and was respectful with them over the last 50 or 60 games of that season. And he was traded the Padres in the offseason, and he shined in, this, in last year. 10 home runs and 10 steals in 59 games played, 42 R- runs and 26 RBI. He only has a 251 average, but he's a strong OBP guy. 352 on base last year. He's really good at drawing walks. Uh, he can run and hit for power. It looks like he'll be hitting atop that lineup in San, San Diego in front of Tatis, Machado. Steamer has him with 24 home runs, 15 steals, 89 runs, and 72 RBI. I think the home runs and RBI are close, but I'd over those 15 steals and 89 runs if he stays healthy. He does have a hamstring injury that he's had the last week or two, but he was out there taking batting practice a few days ago. I, I can't remember if he start, played a game yet, but it sounds like he should be fine to start the season. 
I'd consider taking him in the 3-4 turn personally, and I think he's an absolute steal if you can get him in the fifth round. Yep, I like Grisham a lot. Um, I wouldn't take him that high now with the injury, but I think it's fine. Like, I don't hate it or anything. I think I think the main thing with him is just, you know, if you can just tell me that he will be leading off all year, it's a good pick no matter what. Like, he, for one, he's not going to be doing that if he's not performing. Mm-hmm. But um, – yeah, I just I feel like that's the key. And I feel like his walk rate will increase the likelihood that he stays there. But there's also there's also pressure too on him to hit some because there's a lot of talent on that team. So his lowest just things just things to think about. You know, he was a pretty well regarded prospect with the pod um, Brewers five years ago. And he was a speed guy who didn't seem to have much power and then all of a sudden the power came and speed we weren't so sure of and he showed that last year but his walk rate all throughout all of this since 2015 and all of his stops his lowest walk percentage is 10.9 percent in 2019 in the big leagues in his first stretch he's so good at getting on base that i just think that he's going to be able to stick up there for that reason because even if the batting average stays south in the 230 range i think he's still a 330 350 on base guy and yeah, that helps. Yeah, I hope so. I, I, I'm rooting for him, too. So, All right. Number one, Andrew. You know who it is? Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> do you want me to just say it? I actually thought, no, I'll I thought say he it. was I, your number four whenever you started mentioning 182 ADP. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's... Um, I tell you, I'm tired of listing off White Sox. I can tell you that much because <laughs> <laughs> he's my fourth one. But um, yeah, number one is Andrew Vaughn, and uh, I've got him on seven out of ten teams so far. ADP of two twenty six since March first. I looked up where I've drafted him this off season, and it's basically. The latest I got him was 261. Those days are long over. Mm-hmm. And uh, yesterday I drafted him at 174. So that's kind of the range. Um, just to kind of go down the list, and there's a lot of reasons why I like this guy, but one, he's an elite talent. He's a highly regarded prospect. Um, two, college bat. And I feel like, and the reason I I even mention that is because I don't have any data to back this up, but I just feel like when you have an elite talent that's a college bat that's this close, uh, they're a lot less likely to struggle, like extreme struggles to where they wouldn't want to play him. I I don't feel like that's going to happen. Three, opportunity. I feel like he has – it's staring him right in the face. I mean, they didn't re-sign Edwin. He plays first base DH. Obviously, they have a brave there, but it just – he slides right in, and it's just kind of all there for him. For the lineup, the lineup's really good. Obviously, there's a hit from Eloy there. But um, if anything, that possibly even increases his chance of being up opening day because they're – probably going to need him a little bit more than they did, you know, just a few days ago. 
and five is just the price. I mean, you kind of get to this range of the draft, and it's a it's a real pick. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's you know you're kind of looking in like the th- round thirteen to sixteen range, basically where he's at. But um, I feel like if I'm wrong on this, I'll be fine. I've been drafting him. I've been actually pairing him a lot with uh, like boring first basemen that I know are going to play like Carlos Santana, who didn't make my list that was close Um, guys like, you know, like I've I've got multiple teams where I've got Vaughn and Santana and I just, I feel great about it. I, I feel like Santana is going to be rock solid and in there if Vaughn for whatever reason isn't. And I think he will be. And then he gives me the ceiling to far surpass anything Carlos Santana could do. So I just like that pairing. I like waiting on corner infield for all these reasons. And he's a big reason. Um, And I honestly won't be surprised if we're sitting here in a year and he has just tore the league up. Like it's just third, fourth round pick, whatever, like the rookie of the year and all that stuff. It, it won't surprise me. I'm not saying it's a lock to happen or anything like that, but if you're giving me this cost, I remember one of the first messages I said to you this offseason was, I'm going to be all in on Andrew Vaughn. Yep. And I still am. I haven't like wavered at all from it. So I just feel really good about it. And it's it's another one of those things that's like going to be fun to root for a young guy like that, especially at the cost that I got him. And the only, thing that's, the only thing that sucks is he's on the right side. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, as soon as it's going to be fun rooting for him, I just chuckled in my head. I'm like... <laughs> I yeah i just heard you say that yeah it's fun not fun whatever but i guess it'll be fun for me last so. year it was dylan carlson this year andrew vaughn let's see which which beloved team player you can choose yeah. next year <laughs> right right yeah you know with vaughn i haven't grabbed a share i really haven't targeted him i've i kind of I got it with the 18th round when he was going that late. 13th to 16th has been a little like I haven't been in on the price, and it's only one thing with him. Do you know what the one thing is? Because I will actually before I answer that, when we the one wait real quick, the one thing that bothers you, or the reason you the reason I'm a little cautious because I really haven't said it on air yet, or I don't think I've even said it to you. No, go ahead. I don't know. I don't know where the power is. And I believe in the hit tool. I believe the hit tool is going to be there day one. And I think he's going to drive in runs and do all that. I'm just not sure where the power is at. I um, heard Mike Curlin talk about this and he was talking about ceilings and floors. I think he was on the um, prospect one podcast talking about it. And I agreed with what he said. It was actually the exact comp I've thought in my head, which is if the power is not there, he might be Brian Anderson with a little more batting average. And I can see that. And that's kind of the comp I've thought of throughout the offseason of if he if the power doesn't come, I think that's what he could be. He could be better than that. I just I don't but know. But the thing is though is Brian Anderson his ADP isn't even that much lower than Andrew Vaughn's. Correct. I get well That's wait that's a minute. why I At, like what, just just or go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Where's Vaughn's ADP or like Maybe Vaughn's ADP a couple months ago wouldn't have been far off, but I think it's, I mean, 13th, 16th round, I think that's a, quite a bit higher than Anderson now, isn't it? Or am I wrong? Well, I've got 226 since March 1st on Vaughn. So okay. 
I want to say Anderson might be in it's like the 260, 270. I mean, it's it's ahead of it. But I guess what I'm saying is like, I don't know. I just don't. If if that's what he is, then obviously it's disappointing. But There's does it kill you? More. Does it kill you? And the, yeah, and they're ceiling for more. Yeah, I get it. Totally get it. I I, so. I think that question has just been enough to really keep me off of him. And I haven't asked, I haven't really gotten into that yet with you. As um, why I asked a couple months ago, I'm like, what are you projecting? And specifically, I was curious to home runs because that's the one I'm so curious about. And if he hits 25, 30 home runs, he's going to be awesome. If he hits 20, low 20s, I, I think he'll still be good, just not awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 25 is probably the magic number with the batting yes. average he should give you. Yes. So. Okay. Um, my number one. Man, I, I'm trying to think of who your number one is going to be. You're not going to guess it. The only hint I could give you is I did take him in our last draft, and that's the only hint I could give you. Like, I don't expect yeah, you to, I don't expect I you to get remember. it. I won't remember. And this is yeah, a guy a year ago you were telling – you traded for him a year ago in the Dynasty League. And you were starting to tell, you talked to me, I shouldn't say you talked me into him, but you, you were the first one to start laying some groundwork. And even in this off season early on, I wasn't in on this guy. Huh. It's Nick Senzel at 227. Oh, okay. There you go. I'm late to the party and I know he's getting really trendy right now. And I'm one of the guys that's gotten sucked into it. Um, Andrew, you've talked him up to me at the, some point last year. I think you traded for him in RM3. But Senzel appears to be healthy going into the season after battling all kinds of injuries the last few seasons. Honestly, the comp I think about with Senzel is Nick Solak. I feel like they're pretty close to the same player offensively. 15-15-ish players who have the upside to go 20-20. Senzel probably has the better chance to do it with the ballpark he plays in. I really hope the injuries are behind him and we can finally see what this kid can do. I grabbed multiple shares in redraft leagues in the last month. I'm bought in, and I, I mentioned Solak, but also another guy I think his absolute ceiling could be is kind of what Trent Grisham did this last year. I think he could be that type of player even. And if he starts off well, I could see him getting into that leadoff spot in Cincinnati this year and just flourishing. So Sinzel's my guy. Yeah, I like it. I actually... I heard him um, compared to like Dylan Carlson too, like yeah. what they could do potentially. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think I have one or two redraft shares of Senzel, and it's definitely the one dynasty. So, I grab. Yeah, I'm rooting for him. I didn't take him at all this off season until the last three drafts I did, and I took him in all three. I nice. I'm part of. I'm part of the wave that's pushed that ADP up. Yeah, he should. He should be good. I mean, again. And I feel like this with a lot of the guys that we've picked, but health. Yes. Like, just freaking stay healthy, will you? <laughs> like, that's, um, at least especially with my guys, I know. It's... Oh, I've got five of them. Five, six. Six of my ten guys you could put the health label on. So, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely. Uh, well, you said that early in the list, and I'm like, yep, that applies for me too. Did you have uh, anybody else that was close or? Let's see. I'll I'll, so I'll I'll mention the honorable mentions that I wrote down originally. Uh, well, I'm not going to go into any of them because we've been running for yeah, a while just here. But off. Yadi Molina, uh, Josh Bell, C.J. Cron, Andres Jimenez, Justin Turner, Kyle Seeger, 
this one may surprise you. Victor Robles, I've started wondering about. With him moving up in the lineup in Washington, I think that's big for him. Uh, Tommy Pham, Cole Calhoun, Luis Castillo was on the list, and as was Lance Lynn. David Price, James Paxton, J.D. Martinez, Fran Reyes, and Jorge Soler. That was where my honorable nice. mention, guys. Nice. I like all those. I've got, uh, I had Kluber, Garrett Crochet, who I've grabbed late in some mm-hmm. leagues, Kalanick, Madison Baumgartner, Carlos Santana, Yadi Molina, and that's that's pretty much it. A couple of real late guys, but Kluber should I got have been tor- on mine too. I got I got Torkelson late in a lot of these drafts too, so hope he uh, hope he makes it up. Yeah, we'll be talking about that next up op- uh, next episode. I my opening question I'll let you guys know now is which guys do we in- did we end up with the most shares of? So we'll be talking about that in a couple days. Yeah, mine will be most of the guys I named. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. We'll talk about them and find out which ones you ended up with the most shares of. Technical difficulties are cut off there at the very end of our recording, but Andrew and I will be back in a couple days where we will talk about, give our preseason predictions, our third annual preseason prediction where we talk about all the award winners and division winners and make our bold predictions in just a few days. Until then, take care, everybody. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 